Welcome to The Brainstorm, a podcast and video series from ARK Invest. Tune in every week as we react to the latest in innovation and reflect on how short-term news impacts our long-term views. To learn more, visit arc-invest.com. ARK Investment Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. ARK and Public are unaffiliated entities and do not have a relationship with respect to either firm marketing or selling the products or services of the other. And therefore, ARK disclaims responsibility for any loss that may be incurred by public's clients or customers. The information provided in this show is for informational purposes only and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision and is subject to change without notice. It does not constitute either explicitly or implicitly any provision of services or products by ARK and investors should determine for themselves whether a particular investment management service is suitable for their investment needs. All statements made regarding companies or securities are strictly beliefs and points of view held by ARC and or show guests and are not endorsements by ARC of any company or security or recommendations by ARC to buy, sell, or hold any security. Historical results are not indications of future results. Certain of the statements contained in the show may be statements of future expectations and other forward-looking statements that are based on ARC's current views and assumptions and involve known and unknown risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results, performance, or events to differ materially from those expressed or implied in such statements. ARC assumes no obligation to update any forward-looking information. ARC and its clients, as well as its related persons, may, but do not necessarily, have financial interests in securities or issuers that are discussed. Certain information was obtained from sources that ARC believes to be reliable. However, ARC does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information obtained from any third party. Welcome to episode 19 of The Brainstorm. We've just got one topic for you today, robots. Nick, last week we went long. This week, let's experiment with a short and snappy and just dive into robots. I'll set the stage here. Um, The history of robots and robotics automation has been fairly specialized. So if you think of the most successful robot to date, Nick, what do you think about? Those uh, pizza making robots. The one that the one that went bankrupt. Uh, no, I'm I'm thinking more right. I I think the the most successful ones have been so integrated into our life we don't even think about them. So something like a washing machine, dishwasher, right? Those are pretty solid automation. That's very yeah. very um, dishwashers specific. don't work though. If we're being totally honest, well, that's a whole separate discussion. Brainstorm. I, this this hold on. This is a big big. I know this goes both ways with a lot of people here but do you pre-rinse before going into the dishwasher or you just don't even use the dishwasher no definitely still use the dishwasher pre-rinse but it's dependent on what type of food like if you make a bowl of oatmeal i think you have to pre-rinse otherwise the dishwasher useless have you there are people out there who say with modern dishwashers and soap you're supposed to leave the food on because that like allows the soap to activate and do its job. I saw that. You're, 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 there are techniques to help the dishwasher, but why don't we just make dishwashers that do the job? Right. But needless to say, the dishwasher does not look like a human being. And so I think this is a big debate and one that's worth diving into and one that we did in our brainstorm. Because right now we've got a handful of companies that are pursuing humanoid robots. So you've got Tesla, they released a pretty impressive video 
of their Optimus robot, which looks like mm-hmm. a human. Um, figure AI is a startup. They just released a video of their humanoid robot. Um, you have got Boston Dynamics, who's had kind of a humanoid-ish robot as well. There's the Chinese company that um, I'm blanking on their name, but they have a pretty crazy video. They say it costs like $60,000 for a humanoid robot. And so this big question is, all right, we're at this point in time where we've got AI and computer vision getting to such a point where, you know, maybe it makes sense to design a more generalizable robotics platform. And so do you tackle this opportunity with a human shaped robot? Or do you think the future of robotics is still along that specialized route where you're going to have automation systems doing tasks in a more efficient way than a human could? I think the history of technology and how it's progressed will point towards generalized robotics and it will likely be in a humanoid form because it backfits to how we interact with the world. I feel like we've said that in brainstorm a few times. Mm-hmm. My one question is because I think all of the robotics hype outside of the specialized uh, examples you gave a few years ago, all focused on Boston dynamics they're not humanoid. You think they feel a little silly? They took uh, the dog shape robotic uh, approach. Well, they, they've got they've got one that looks like a person now. Do they? You've seen oh, it. I, yeah, you've yeah, seen the one do parkour. Them. That's them. Yeah, 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 the parkour yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. So never mind. They will have but, dogs but and the, humans and cats. But I think maybe. a big difference there is, you know, a lot of people say for Boston Dynamics, it's very hard coded. Mm. Um, and so not necessarily as generalizable as using something as vision. Yeah, and I think it actually ties back to what we were talking about last week with AI. I do think, I mean, we talk about it, it seems like every week, but it feels like the progressions we're seeing on natural language processing, LLMs, that ties into this story. Because if you're going to give verbal commands to uh, a humanoid robot, it can't be Siri or Alexa level smart. It needs to be much more capable of understanding the nuances of human language um, mm. for it to then be able to carry out the various tasks it's meant to do. So I feel like the software side of the equation, I, I guess, maybe, well, I'll ask you a question. Do you think the hardware or the software is currently holding back the market right now? Great question. Um, I think hardware to a certain extent, and you, you see this with all of these companies that are doing the um, humanoid form mm-hmm. and they're like, why are there no parts for this? Right. Tesla's like, you know, we had to make these actuators ourselves in house, um, miniaturizing them down to that level of say a joint and having them have appropriate torque and power and all of that, I think was something that people hadn't really explored. And so I don't, I don't think it's a, um, insurmountable hurdle. I think that's the problem with all these startups and they're just like, Oh, you know, we got to do this in house and they knock that out. But then I think almost certainly the barrier is going to be on the software side. Yeah. I think that 
follows with what we're seeing out there. My next question for you, not to put you on the spot, but I think people would enjoy having you think aloud. How would you go about trying to model this opportunity? Like what would be the steps you would take to think about, you know, what this market looks like? Sure. And that's actually uh I can help. I can help. Yeah, no, that that's great. Well, two things. One, that's what I'm doing right now for our, our big ideas presentation. Two, I'm gonna have to get a new interview question because I've been asking all of our candidates so far oh, to do this. Yeah. Um but it's you know, you can look at a few things. One, it's like what should the cost of this robot be? And I think there it's if you just look at the parts, if it is really just vision and motors and things like this, you know, comparable to a car, I think mm-hmm. is is reasonable and justifiable for its use cases, especially if it can do manufacturing work and take over a shift or something like that. Uh, I do think early applications are likely going to be in the manufacturing space, just given the companies that are developing these and the inherent benefits of them. So if you do something like that, um, you know, I think there's like 12 million manufacturing employees in the US. Does each manufacturer, like what if each person gets their own robot? Like that's possible. Or it's like uh, in the long-term scenario, why doesn't one person supervise like three humanoid robots doing things. Uh, And that's where I think looking at what it can actually be capable of is super important in sizing the market here. What about when it is capable? I think we've actually talked about this. Like if you are able to create an app store and you basically get to a point where the hardware is good enough to do most human function today and maybe even more, um, Mm -hmm. and then you could develop applications for it like how would you go about i assume that just you know increases the tam significantly because you probably move outside of manufacturing and maybe actually into the household maybe it becomes a consumer product um right the irobot if there's a if there's a robot that can take laundry out of the dryer and fold it like that's that's a fair amount of time that you can save and you could probably pay for that we were joking, right? It's like you're sitting watching TV. the The humanoid robot comes over, it just starts brushing your teeth. Right. <laughs> well, I I actually tying it back to our joke before. If you do have a generalized humanoid robot, you don't need a dishwasher or some of these specialized ro- robots that you have in the house, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. probably still need a washer dryer, but I think you can get rid of the dishwasher. So. Yeah, to, although to me that seems that seems <laughs> for, further out. Or maybe it's like, why would you waste the robot's time dishwashing when you already have that in your house? Like, send it out to walk your dog or something. But yeah. what do you what do you think about? Um, so this was Brett Winton, our chief futurist, and he was making this comparison, which is the future of the robotics industry could emerge similar to the way early computers and calculators did, in that. The very first computers were essentially calculators, and calculators are still and grew into its own industry, and that's fine. It's like you can operate in that segment and make money, but it's like general purpose 
computing grew into something far, far greater. And so the future of robotics is probably a assortment of these calculator specialized tasks that can grow into sizable markets and be interesting. Um, but then there's this, you know, massive opportunity that if you can achieve it is much greater. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And one idea that just popped into my head, because I was thinking about calculators, at least when we were back in school, the TI-80 models, we were going back and forth on this on Twitter. But do you remember when they had, there was one version of the calculator that you could swap in and out different pads that did, you know, they had different functions. Mm -hmm. And if you think about a humanoid robot, there's no reason why it needs to have you know, hands and arms in the same way that we have hands and arms. You could, in theory, create specialized hands and arms for specific tasks. Yeah, so but so then, yeah, but then, so then that gets to the question. It's like, okay, so then, I think it is specialized, and then right, you, then it's like, why not right. just specialize it completely to the exact purpose it needs? Well, I think if you have the body and legs, and then obviously the compute power. You can then specialize the individual functions of, or the adaptations of the arms, or maybe even the legs. Um, yeah, I think well, there's is, like you can specialize on the hardware side and the software side, and you can generalize both on the software and hardware side. So I think mm -hmm. I agree with you. I was just that kind of I hadn't thought of that before until hearing you speak about it in this way. All right, Nick. As long as we're brainstorming some ideas here, is it a crazy idea? for there to be right now it's like best in class toothbrush right you got your sonicare your oral b whatever why isn't there like a mouth guard that's just like you you put it in it's got like a little battery pack outside who knows what and you just you don't need to do anything it's just in your mouth with little electric motors vibrating some bristles or whatever boom brushes your teeth done I feel like that's probably a thing. I've seen toothbrush specs that are like multi, multi bristle heads. And it, uh, it all the way so around. I think, I think so. I might just be making that up on the spot, but I'm pretty sure I've seen an Instagram ad for that. Um, and then, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go on too long, but just another concrete example of how different visions of the future of robots um, change to different companies. And this is, this is happening right now. So it's like a long time people are like, okay, how do I put sensors on a robotic hand so that it can pick up any item without crushing it? Right? Like how does this robot pick up an egg versus picking up a dumbbell, right? It needs to know how much force to apply all of this. Right. And is that a sensor problem or some other uh, mechanical solution at the hand level or in this new age, is it all computer vision and the computer recognizes what the object is, knows, knows the amount of force, uh, and can identify that. And so those are two very different approaches to robotics. And I've heard very recently just from different people that it's still an ongoing debate here. I think I would, uh, very much lean towards the AI computer vision as the simple solution for what the future of robotics looks like and that generalizable platform. 
Yeah, I'd imagine it has to be both, right? Like you need censoring for some things and you need vision for most, if not all. If you think about the egg example you gave, right? There's a difference between an uncooked egg and a hard-boiled egg and you can hold those in very different manners and vision doesn't tell you if a egg is hard-boiled or uncooked. So you'd have to have some type of sensor in it. Just a, a, a nose. <laughs> yeah, that too. I guess you could, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All interesting questions. Yep. So if you're seeing this video, if you know someone in robotics, send it to them, have them comment. We'd love to uh, further, dis thir further this discussion. We're doing active research on this area and trying to dimension these opportunities uh, the technologies involved, cost declines. Um, and yeah, we, we'd love to interact with area, people in the field or interested parties. And I'll end on ultrasonic electric toothbrush, U-shaped automatic toothbrush for adults, 360, whole mouth toothbrush. It exists. It's on AliExpress for $9. So I don't know. exactly what I, you said. I think you just, you saw that product and then said, wow, I have a great idea two weeks later when you forgot that you saw it. Are we about to start a drop shipping operation? <laughs> no, <laughs> not for that product. All right. Um, Thank you everyone for joining and we'll see you next week for episode 20. Episode 20. See you everyone.